a warm 19 night out. Welcome to Jonathan Trot. Jonathan, how are you? Yeah, good in yourself. Yeah, we're not too bad. Can you hear us nice and clearly? Yeah, nice. Is that okay? Yeah, it's all good. Brilliant. Now, um, I'm, I'm assuming that you are um, at Edgbaston. I saw you on the TV earlier on this afternoon at the Somerset versus the Worcestershire Rapids T20 game. Yeah, just doing a bit of scouting for uh, the ECB, obviously keeping an eye on the domestic stuff with sort of view and, uh, and an idea of, of, of players that are coming through the ranks and progressing nicely at the first class level. But, well, being the, uh, the batting coach and the batting scout for England, um, it was hmm. a bit of a baddest day today, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I think so. Having a look at that wicket, we saw the way the North End played and the fantastic players they've got. Uh, sorry, the uh, Somerset played in the first game. Uh, and it looks like North Ends are going to have their work cut out chasing uh, this evening. So uh, lots of runs at Edgbaston. The field is a little bit small. The yeah. boundaries have been brought in, and they're trying a, a sort of synthetic pitch, which is half uh, grass and half artificial, which is quite interesting. These are the new hybrid wickets that have, I think they've been tried at quite a few grounds. Essex have got them as well this season, haven't they? Yeah, they seem to come on quite nicely, and uh, really interesting to see how they... Um, play over the season. I think it's perfect time to actually trial them and see how they go in the first class level. I think they might have cricket the counties play and uh, the squares um, need all the help they can get with regards to keeping the pace and bouncing the wicket and I think we're seeing it every uh, this evening. It's pretty unforgiving for the bowlers though. I mean if you don't dig it in, if you bowl anything full or you know um, to, to, to too much on the length, it's going to get punished isn't it? Well, that is T20 these days. I think that's what people want to see. They want good wickets and high, you know, scoring, high-scoring games. Uh, bowlers always having to think of new ways to come up and uh, combat batters. Um, I still always think it's a bowler's game. Bowlers always say it's a batter's game, but I, uh, I definitely are on the side of being a bowler's game. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the Pakistan Foot uh, Tour has, has ended, and uh, like all of us, we're all really glad that they made... Uh, the huge effort to come over and get a game on. Um, what were your, your, what was your thoughts of, uh, of how it all went on for both sides? I think it's crucial in that we saw the first test went and, and then the, the, that victory. I, I just think, you know, uh, I sometimes, uh, obviously, at the situation that we thought the world is in at the moment, to get test cricket underway is a magnificent effort. But I just wish there'd been a crowd and the, the, the spectacle yeah. at Old Trafford the way that that first test was won by England and you can imagine you know a pretty hostile environment I think that the way that Old, Old Trafford is at the moment it's set up for you know quite a a vibey and noisy atmosphere especially with that, the temporary standard they put up on the side that holds huge. you know numerous thousands of people um, as we saw throughout the World Cup um, and uh, it just would have been nice and now uh, they would have gone on one of the great victories I just hope nothing's taken it away and um, the innings and all the, the partnership between Wokes and Butler at the end was, was, was very, very special. And, and a wicket, we saw the previous two dismissals, the one from Ben Stokes, which bounced up the rough, and the nasty delivery, uh, Ollie Pope got that okay. hit him on the uh, top hand. Yeah. Uh, never mind the bottom hand uh, exploding through the pitch and uh, just sh- and uh, put in light the, 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 the partnership between uh, uh, Butler and Wokes. From your career, uh, just expanding on that theme a little bit, where, where were the places um, around the world um, and even in England, where you felt the crowd really did uh, make a difference? I think you speak to anybody, I always say Lords is their most 
uh, their favourite place to play. And I think opposition would say that as well, just because of the history on it. And, and, and but there is a special atmosphere at Law. It's very different to say the Oval, which is just down the road in London. Yeah. You'd always say that your Oval ground is is more your working man's ground, and Lords would be the bankers' ground. And if you speak to the people from Surrey and Middlesex, certainly. Uh, Phil Tuffman would always say that, and that's certainly always a good guy to gauge uh, cricket grounds on. Um, but I think anybody who plays for England or play a game at Edgbaston always says that that is atmosphere-wise, electric and always very noisy. Um, another one that sneaks up on you and always is a good atmosphere is Trent Bridge, the way that those stands go up on each end. And now with the new stand on the side, um, certainly echoes around there and you get some very bouncy evenings. And around the world, what are the ones that uh, that stick out for you? Well, I think whenever you play ODI cricket in India, it's always going to be noisy wherever you go. <laughs> and, you know, even if it's for a single down to third man or long on, <laughs> they're cheering <laughs> for a T20 game. I think that's, uh, you know, great. I've always enjoyed playing in India. Yes, the wickets are good, high scoring, cross hard fields, but I always think that the passion and the... Uh, the way that the game's thought of and, and followed in India is always, always nice. Um, MCG is always a good place to go to uh, and play there. You get close to 100,000 yeah, uh, spectators possible. there. Um, for me, though, I've always liked the Adelaide Oval. Um, pre the sort of development that they've done now, I always liked the atmosphere there and uh, just a, a great, great city as well, actually. So uh, Adelaide for me, Newlands was always good. With, uh, at the foot of Table Mountain, yeah, uh, and I see uh, a couple hundred meters from where I grew up, so uh, <laughs> uh, that's always nice. I think the other nice thing about Newlands is that it's still the same ground that it was pretty much um, 25 years ago. Where um, I think it's a real shame that, particularly in Australia, and as we see in the West Indies as well, um, these old-fashioned grounds are getting mm. replaced. Adelaide, you mentioned, that's not yes. the same place it was. Perth is a completely different. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that, that you've lost the whacker almost completely now. They've got the new multi-purpose stadium there, which is, by all accounts, amazing. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope they, they sort of they keep the character. It was always Perth. There's always a tough place to go and play at the whacker, that's for sure. Bouncy, um, glassy wicket, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, really quick. Yeah, a bit like Jamaica in the old days. Sabina Park had that reputation of... Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be. Spain, those are the type of pitches where you went there and it was almost like glass. Your studs didn't go in the going to the wicket at the, the, the West Indies side in those days <laughs> wanted hard and bouncy wickets <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's certainly what they got we had Alan Lamb on the show a few weeks ago yeah. and uh, he was he was telling us about um, uh, playing at Savina Park against uh, the feared West Indies attack back in uh, 1990 and um just how the atmosphere then, both on and off the field, was was completely different to what it is these days. Uh, yeah, and it's it's a shame, really. It's a shame. Now, I think certainly it is. I think certainly off the field, I don't think the teams mix as much as they used to. I think you, you look at the rivalry between Australia and England, and, and yes, it was there. But I think nowadays, it's the way the world is, and uh, media, and, and and that way, um, you know, there isn't as much interaction. I think socialising as much as it would. I also think players now don't tend to go out as much because of the invention of social media and, and camera phones and all that sort of stuff, guys. You know, they uh, they could be innocently just having a, a drink at the bar and uh, you know, photo taken. It could be completely taken the wrong way. So, um, you know, so the players, it is a very different lifestyle to hard. It was in the eighties for Lambie and both. <laughs> um, we, we, without, I think we need a whole different show for that sort of scenario. But um, the one thing I would say is, is I've I've been to. Um, some fantastic stadiums around the world. We, we won at Boxing Day at the MCG and, um, in, in 2000, uh, what was just the end of 2010. 
Um, but you know, you don't get to actually see the stadiums, and I'm very fortunate enough now to go with the Lions to Australia and play a day nighter at the MCG. And uh, I actually just got to walk around the big new stand that they they, they sort of uh, built there and have a look at the library and the members area and that sort of stuff. That stuff that it sort of escapes you when you're in the bubble of the England side. You don't actually have a chance to go and have a look at these yeah. magnificent places. And I'll never forget actually that before the Adelaide Test match of that year, uh, end of 2010, that on the far side used to be the Bradman stand, and underneath they had this little Bradman. Um, Museum because obviously uh, Don Bradman played a few years at uh, South Australia as well as New South Wales. Um, I actually just got to have a look around the museum. I remember walking with my cricket stuff actually in my bag <laughs> on my back, and the person, the 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 the, 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 the person looking after the museum um, was astounded that a player would come in and have a look. And I was just looking at all the bats and gloves, and there's a little video. I sat down in a little cinema room and watched the cinema. Um, and you, you sometimes don't get to see that side of the game that the spectators actually enjoy and what uh, keeps bringing them back to the game. Was that series the highlight of your career, the, the, the 2010-2011 Ashes win? I think so. I, I think um, you, to go to Australia and we see how hard it has been previously, the teams going there and you know very, very good sides and uh, coming unstuck. And obviously hadn't been done for such a long time. But I also... I'm also quick to point out going to India and winning there 2-1 after being 1-0 down in a 4 oh, series yeah. is, is something very special. And, you, you know, the, the names in that side just, you know, rolled off the tongue. Tendulkar, Sewag, Abhijan Singh, Dhoni, Kohli. You know, and it's a very, very good side to, to have beaten certainly on the home soil, you know, Gautam Gambier. And, and so um, it just showed the strength and depth that we had. We could call on a bowler like Monty Panasot to back up and, and bowl in tandem with a guy like Graham Swan, um, and and then spin us to uh, spin us to victory along with the seamers and, and the skill. At, I think at the I wouldn't say at the peak of Jimmy Anderson and seam bowlers, but certainly coming into the peak of their careers, uh, we're a very very lucky side. We had some fantastic players. But it wasn't too shabby a batting lineup as well, was it? Particularly in uh, you know in that India series you talk about. I mean, everyone remembers KP's efforts there, and I think Alistair Cook as well. Um, yeah. kind of cemented his position as a, as a, a world class player uh, well don't forget a lot of people forget that's also Alistair Cook's first tour as captain or his, his first sort of tenure as captain first mm. series um, and we lost the first game at Ahmedabad and he got 100 in it but we lost badly <clears throat> and then he went on to get another two in, so he got three in the first three test matches and that just shows the steeliness of the guy and the way that he led and, 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 and sort of played from the front captain from the front um, yeah but that, that innings from uh, Kevin Peterson at the Wankie Stadium uh, by far I would say by far the best innings I've seen but that is the best innings I've seen test innings I've seen on, on a Wankie pitch that was spinning you know a lot and then when India went on to bat we saw exactly how hard it was to bat and how easy Kevin actually made it against their three front line spinners for you, you, you're batting. You, you got yourself into this amazing bubble, didn't you? That just yeah. seemed to be able to put everything else out of your mind. And I remember you sort of dig, digging big holes in the wicket and just batting for time and time on end. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think you know that was my sort of way that I went about it. I think going into number three, I'd never really done a lot of work at number three for Warwick, so I sort of had to change my game a little bit. But the one thing, again, I'll always say is I think. My career, I certainly benefited from having the, the opening partnership with Strauss and Cook. I think any number three you see, if you have that solidity ahead of you, um, you always come in generally around the 20th, 25th over. You know, I could have my pads on 50 over, whereas those two play. 
And I think that helps you a lot sort of ease yourself in. I'm not going to say ease yourself into any position in test cricket, but it certainly makes your job a bit easier having that solidity at the top and, and something, you know, the England side has been searching for ever since that partnership or that, that, that pairing. But it was a match. Um, Sorry, yeah. You've never really had that um, since those two. Um, hopefully we see that with Burns and Sibley. Um, and that would be fantastic going forward into what's a big 12, 18 months for the test side. I've got to mention, obviously, people batting in their bubble. We, we saw Zach Crawley uh, mm. with the big innings. You, you worked with him last year, didn't you, at Kent as well a bit? Yeah, well, that's the first time uh, Zach and I uh, sort of met each other. Uh, I played against him a few times. I always thought he was a tall, you know, elegant player, hit the ball pretty hard. Um, and then he got a good 90 in my final year against uh, in my final season at Tunbridge Wells I think he, he played very nicely um, and then it's kicked on from last year and he's the type of guy and you, you notice this about the good players is that the good players they, they learn quicker than the others they, 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 their development is accelerates a lot quicker than others and uh, you know a very naturally gifted guy at the age of you know I think he's 21 nearly 22 um, but picks things up good all round sports and good athlete and hopefully he's got a very bright future um, hopefully he can make the position his own it's a great start for him um, but uh, you know hopefully he keeps learning and uh, he certainly has a passion for the game uh, you know, I wish him all the best obviously we've all seen the Edge documentary mm. how easy or hard was it for you to, to get involved with that because obviously it covered a bit of your issues as well didn't it uh, yeah, I mean, I think with, um, uh, with with the way that Barney had done it, I think he he, had, he was always envisaged. You know, he would come to me or all the guys he spoke to and said, you know, this is my vision, uh, this is what I want to do, and uh, you know, it's sort of a, a, a sort of blank canvas for you to say what you want to say. And, um, he obviously worked with us behind the scenes on those all those tours. He was the ECB's uh, sort of then the the infancy of social media or the internet and people online you know staying connected he was the guy behind Swanee's diaries um, so uh, and, and that's how we got to know him he was on tour with us the whole time so I think when you have that trust between the you know the guy making the film the director and uh, and, and yourself I think you're always going to get what you got and I think that's you know crucial uh, to anything when you're putting your time and effort into it but the guys are honest and feel comfortable you know, talking about, uh, you know, anything at all. There's a memorable scene from that film um, of you diving into a swimming pool in full kit. Um, but I read somewhere that that wasn't quite as straightforward as uh, as, as it looked uh, with the finished product. So that... No, I think uh, what wasn't straightforward is a two-hour train journey you got me to do from Birmingham to Peterborough to dive into the water <laughs> tank oh, um, and then back. And then the two hours are spent in the water jumping in and out. But the, <laughs> the thing is, I think what you're alluding to there is actually realizing how much cricket equipment actually floats. Yeah, you've got exactly. pads, it's got, it's got uh, foam, and you actually don't realize how much how wood actually floats. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'm not going to sort of reenact a scene out of Titanic when you float on wood, but um, <laughs> you sort of you dive in, but you almost go straight up. You can't. But he wanted you to. He wanted me to sort of glide past the window, sort of yeah. turn as a sort of like a, I don't know, like a whale. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the cricket equipment floats, so the gloves, the, the, the sort of pads. Uh, that I actually had to put sort of diving weights underneath the whites at the time, so the helmet floats. So uh, so yeah, so you, you sort of wanted me to be a bit like an orca going uh, past the screen. So. Uh, uh, yeah, that was good fun, and I think again, 
guys doing that. I mean, you're not really going to get Jimmy Anderson running on a beach <laughs> quite often. You know, yeah. these guys are going to do things like that for Barney, and uh, you know, hopefully, has a, a very, very long and successful career in the movie industry. Now, I've got to ask, being a Spurs fan as well, away away from uh, cricket, you are you're a big Spurs fan, aren't you? Very big, yeah. <laughs> Have you been to the new ground yet? Yeah, I was, I was actually there for the Ajax uh, uh, semi-final. Yeah, it's amazing. The, 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 uh, yeah, the home one where we lost, uh, yeah, lost 1-0, didn't we? Are you going to try the Skywalk? Was it one? It was one nil. Right? Yeah, it was one nil. We lost the home yeah. and then three two. Are you going to yeah, try? Right. You going to try the Skywalk? Is that something you'd fancy, June? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not, <laughs> not, 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 not sure of that yet. And you but, also, uh, it does look impressive, and uh, it'd, be, it'd be great if we can start getting a few uh, fans in as well. Well, hopefully, they've got the test event at Surrey tonight, haven't they? They've let fans in there. Very good. So it'd be. I hope that goes really well. And you're also a big uh, baseball guy, aren't you as well? Yeah, baseball and NFL are my two, uh, my two sort of things away from, uh, you'd say, British-based sports. Um, I've been to the Super Bowl and watched that, and oh, wow. uh, my uh, my mighty 49ers were, um, you know, very narrowly won. They narrowly lost the Super Bowl this year. Yeah. Besides, from a, a crazy ten minutes at the end, they were sort of had their hands on the uh, the Lombardi Trophy, and um, I mean, then on the other coast, the East Coast, I'm in New York. Uh, Yankees fan, um, you know, following the likes of Jeter my whole career and or his whole career and uh, the Alex Rodriguez and all those sort of guys that have uh, donned the, the, the pinstripes, if you like. I've, I've been very lucky that I've, I've spent time in in, in the US um, with work and, and whatever, and uh, both on the East Coast and the West Coast. And I did mm. I was taken along to baseball games quite a lot. So I've been to the Yankee Stadium, I've been to the mm. Sky Dome up at Toronto, and I was six months in California and. Um, it's a very, very different experience, isn't it? Watching uh, sport in America is, is probably anywhere else in the world, isn't it? Yeah, I think they do it so well. And I think with baseball, you just see the history, and they, they follow the game so passionately. There, it's almost like watching going to cricket in India, if you like. Um, I think the way that the NFL is done, and, it's, and that's sort of its own industry, if you like, the way that the NFL operates, and we're seeing now. You know, even in, uh, you would have thought five years ago. You'd have your own dedicated NFL channel in the UK that's starting up, I think, is tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah, it's starting um, today. It's a big launch tonight. Yeah. yeah. It's tonight, yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's that's the rest of the week done for me. So, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you watch all these programs, I just think the way that, I think the way that they do show the sports and the way that they talk about the sports um, as well, you know, the access that you get to the players, you almost feel, you, you almost know the players. Um, yeah. And just the way that they, they, they're always so positive. If, if you ever go to America, um, you know, you listen to the commentators. They're always praising people. They're yeah. never sort of saying how bad somebody was or they'd always praise the opposition if it was a home, you know, a home advantage sort of or a home commentator. Um, you know, they'd always say how good the opposition played. Not, uh, you know, that the home team or their own players should have done better. And they're always praising excellence, which is something I find refreshing. And whenever you go to the States and watch a game, um, you always find yourself glued to the telly watching some sport one or another. Yeah, there's loads on. Now, for you, obviously, you're working with the ECB at the moment. Is there a long-term plan? Do you want to get into more coaching, be a head coach? or? Well, yes. I mean, it was, at the moment, I think there's everything and, and, and jobs. It's, it's all a bit up in the air, especially in the modern climate. But uh, it was just for this uh, that test series against Pakistan. I know the guys start soon against Australia, and they've got the, uh, the normal coaches in, in line there. But... Um, I've done two, each winter I've done two Lions tours with the uh, side. Uh, we went to India two years ago and Australia last year. Um, 
and I've done an under-19s World Cup as well, which was a couple of years ago. So just, I think, it's important, I think, with coaching, you just, you know, earning your way up um, and, and, and uh, getting as much experience. So hopefully when something does pop up and um, I'm, very, I'm very ambitious with my, my coaching now, and that's why I obviously retired and haven't, not really missing the game at all, to be honest with you, and probably I've sort of done my time and I always say I've, I've hit enough balls or more balls than any human being should so um, you know I'm very happy and I'm you know also very lucky in, in that I've got to sort of get a bit of closure on the game a lot of people the game is taken away from them either you know from, from a selector or international career that is or you know get released or um, you don't, not many people get the opportunity to retire on their own terms so that's right. you know I have a lot to be thankful for and uh, hopefully I can give back and and, uh, and hopefully get to the level I want to get to with my coaching now Oh, we hope so too. Before you before you go, um, I just yeah. want to ask you uh, one final question. So, I'd like to know from you who is the best player you've played with, and who has been your hardest, toughest opponent? Uh, Kevin Peterson, and hardest opponent would probably be Dale Stein. Oh right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Why? Um, well, I think it's always interesting when we have former players on here just to find out. Um, you know what what they think of people. You know, because sometimes you might look at a player and you might think it's an obvious answer. But um, I mean, with Kevin Peterson, that's an interesting one because I think there seems to be a widely held view of the man being really talented. But I think few people understood the man's character or how he ticked. Um, and I, I think he he was successful because of the type of person that he is. And I think other people yeah. necessarily didn't buy into that or understand it and expect expect successful people, whether it's in uh, sport or otherwise. I mean, everyone's got their, you know, Kevin's the way we all know how Kevin is. And, um, you know, I've always got on well with him. I think we, we, we sort of played against each other at, at school level or at the 19 level. Yeah. Where we had a bit of a, a, a sort of, we had a bit of a clash then. And I, I think we've always just respected each other mutually. And I think with Kev, he's always, he, he's actually quite a loyal guy they've done. Unless you feel threatened or, um, you know, someone who feels like somebody's been disloyal to him. You know, he's actually, he's a pretty decent guy. Um, that's when if, if he thinks he's been wrong he, he, has, he, he doesn't sort of let things go quite easily <laughs> as we've seen and he always sort of um, goes on and I think but that's yeah that's what makes the guy so good and so determined and, and that self-belief and belief in his own uh, morals or his, his own uh, views on things you know not many people if you said to somebody you know you turn around and hit the ball left-handed that would go in an international game I'll probably just you know do what I think is best but he's got that sort of self-belief that when he's right he just does it um, and um, yeah I, th I think with with him certainly I, I don't think even people that perhaps you would perceive that wouldn't necessarily say that um, you know would get on massively with Kev or you know exchange Christmas cards um <laughs> They would say he's the best player. But they, Dale Stain is, is uh, a different character again, but um, uh, I'm, I'm not surprised to hear you mention him because, I mean, he really was um, quite a sight when he was in full flow coming start. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other thing also is that I... I always go with that because he was at Warwickshire for, uh, for a year or so, so I got to take a few catches oh, right. and then watch him sort of grow into the play he was. Uh, he, when he came to Warwickshire in 2007, he was very raw. He just burst on the scene. He'd been in and out of the South African side of it a little bit. But you saw the natural gift and talent oh, yeah. that he had. Um, and, and why you say that with an old ball, with a new ball, he'd always just work you out a little bit. And, and that was it. I always felt he had a delivery in him that would just, 
you would just ne- he wouldn't it didn't necessarily feel like he was going to hurt you or he was going to sort of knock you over but he, he knew he had something in him where he could just outskill you a little bit yeah um, with an old ball come around the wicket I remember facing a head in the and, and in the match 2012 where he just had to try and block out he came around the wicket and then he, he sort of cranked it up a little bit so where he could sort of take, crank it up but also then operate at a level which bowl at a pace that actually suited the pitch um, and so he had that skill and understanding of his own game and the game of cricket so that's what made him so tough Jonathan it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you and we're, we're really thankful that you could give us the time uh, to join us yeah, thank you very much um, and, and we wish you well. We'll be following you closely, and um, we'll be in touch at a later date, hopefully. Thanks very much. I hope to hear some more Coldplay or Rock Sessions. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Thank you very much indeed. Okay. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye, Bye now. Bye.